Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Morning. That was kind of weak. Okay, let's try again. Praise the Lord and good morning. All right. I'm so excited to be here. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. For those of you who don't know me, I am Stephen Firm, one of the teaching pastors here at Garfield. I want to welcome everybody that's watching online and wherever this service is finding you. I am excited. I tell you, when, um, when, when Pastor Chip and, and all of us got together and we decided to do this series, I was really pumped up. <clears throat> we don't always have the opportunity uh, as pastors to kind of tell our story of the things that framed our ministry. But what I'm going to share today is, is a, a slice of my life and and, you know, the series is Where Do You Run, right? And I'm going to share where I ran at a certain time in my life and uh, how, it, how it blessed me. So I'm going to try to do this testimony style. Like back in the day in our churches, we had testimony service. Anybody in church like that? We had testimony service. So I'm going to try to do this more testimony style than preacher style. I want to be more like Brother Steve this morning. Not Pastor Steve. So I'll share some things that I've learned uh, through all of this. For me, this psalm is not principles on a page, but rather the real, the real essence of what it takes to live. The, the beautiful thing about the psalms themselves is that the psalms, these are real people. I mean, the, the occasion of Psalm 42, uh, uh, Absalom, David's son, had just defected. And uh, if you know that story, that was a lot of family turmoil. David, a lot of family turmoil. So David's not speaking this from some, you know, pie in the sky, high king's throne kind of thing. He's a broken father. He's broken, you see. And so he speaks this psalm to us. It's also called a teaching psalm. So in this uh, is is where I ran, and I want to share that with you today. So uh, introduction. Let's go back about 30 years. So I'm 58. So if we go back 30 years, that that puts me at what? 28. Well, 28 is the perfect age where you realize how much you don't know. That's when you realize... I don't have a clue what I'm doing. The age is between about 28 and about 30-ish, you know, and it doesn't matter which path you're taking, whether it's education or whatever, that's an age of kind of coming to age. You know, you're kind of growing up, and everything that I had planned for my life, everything that people had spoken over my life, you know, if you grow up in church, people are always speaking over your life. Brother, I see you. One day you're going to be a fantastic mind of God. That's man with a D, mind of God. And that's God with a W, God. And you know, you're sitting there, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. You know? And so all of these, these, these you know, prophetic words, and some of them were prophetic words, some of them were prophetic words, you know. But I, I found myself nowhere near that. And I found myself as broken as a, as a person could be, as broken as I could be, as dark as I could be. And uh, I, I walked around in depression, deep depression for about three years. 
about three years. And now that's how I got this extra person that you see today. Uh, because I, I was too churchy to drink. Because, you know, we come from background. We don't dip or chew or go out with girls who do. So I wasn't going to drink nothing. I wasn't going to smoke nothing. So I just cut it up with a chicken wing and some sweet potato pie and said, you know, you know my heart. You know my feelings. And so, you know, <laughs> you know right where it hurts. <laughs> I'm going to eat my problems away. And so at any rate, so during that period of time in my life, it's, this is when I found this incredible psalm. So the first part of this psalm, verses 1 through 4, it says, As the deer pants for the water brook, uh, so pants my soul for you. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me, where's your God? I always tell people at this point when I read this, it was like my tears were talking to me. My tears were actually talking to me, like, you know, where is God now? You know, you preach about him, but where is he at, right? And, and it says, and when, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. That's like pouring yourself into yourself. That, that's kind of futile. That's a, that's a horrible picture, isn't it? That you pour out yourself within yourself. It became a vicious cycle. The more I remembered, the worse it became. The more I remembered what I used to be and where I was, the worse it became. So you don't want to remember. So you're trying to drown all of that out. So that's what was going on in my life. I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise the multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. So the first thing, the point I want to make is that the Psalms can help us put what we are feeling into words. The Psalms can help us put what we are feeling into words. In doing so, our soul finds release, relief, and healing. I don't care whatever, I don't say it that way, whatever school of thought you come from, for there to be healing in you, in areas like depression, dealing with the mind, there has to be words put to feeling. You have to learn how to say it. That's why prayer that's not spoken is not prayer. That's called meditation. You need to learn how to say it. You know, so I had to learn how to say it. I had to learn how to get in a dark room and just say it. That's deliverance right there for somebody. When I started reading the Psalms, I realized finally I'm reading some scripture that's saying what I feel. I'm panting and my soul is longing after God. And I, I'm asking the question, when shall I come and appear from God? In so many words, I'm saying, God, where are you now? Wow. So that was the first revelation that I, I received from these first four voices. Then I found out this. I'm not by myself. You are not alone. Everybody say this. I am not alone. I am not broken. I'm human. Well, you know, it was kind of cool to realize, well, if this is King David, and, uh, you know, this is King David. I mean, this is not just any old king. This is the man who's after God's own heart. This is the man who took out Goliath. Wow! And, and if King David can have these things, I am not alone. I am not broken. I am human. I don't know where, see, when you're 28 and you grew up in the church, sometimes you begin to think that your relationship with God makes you superhuman. Like you don't feel stuff. You feel stuff. 
You get to experience every part of your humanity. That's why we put up God's grace embraces every part of our humanity, even your brokenness. Watch, watch this. Religion teaches you you got to hold on to God. I used to preach those men. You need to hold on to God on change your hand. You need to hold on in the storm. You need to hold on in the rain. You need to hold on. Now, you know, that's, that's, and that's still good preaching. You do need to hold on. But there's times when you can't hold on. But guess what? Just because you can't hold God don't mean God ain't holding you. That was the revelation. He embraces my humanity. So when I can't hold on to God, God's yet holding on to me. You know, I realized I was going through something that was common to man. I was not alone in my struggles. I was experiencing for the first time in my life what modern times calls depression. I was coming of age. I was growing up. And uh, quite honestly, I need to be taken down a peg or two. And nothing can do that like life. Life will take you down a peg or two. Uh huh. You think you're all that in a bag of chips, two snaps in a circle? <laughs> and you find out you're just an old man like everybody else. Oh, if I had time, that's, this, is, this is really what framed my ministry, by the way, is, is uh, dealing with people who are broken and realize that everybody's broken. But everybody don't know it. Not broken in the other sense, like not, not broken, like broken, but everybody has brokenness. Get it? Yeah. I was, I'm not, I'm not this disfigured thing that God can't touch, but everybody deals in these areas of life. And, 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 and really, not being able to snap back from them is what will guide their, take their path a different way. So I'm thankful when I read this, I'm thankful that the Lord was able to save me even again. Verse 5. This is something that I learned. David says this, why are you cast down on my soul and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I should yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Now this is what I learned. David did three things with his soul. David, he questioned his soul. He questioned his soul. David, see the question? Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? He directed his soul. He said, hope in God. Right? And finally, I'm going to praise him anyway. See, here's a great revelation. You're three parts. You're spirit, soul, and body. You are spirit, soul, and body. Now, in our culture, we're not taught much about our spirit. We're, we're, you say spirit, people get spooked out. Oh, spirit. Oh, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, I, don't know I, know, I don't have a soul spirit. That's deep. No, 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 no. No, it's not deep at all. When, when God breathed into man, man became a living soul. You are made up of three parts. Your spirit's all about it. Let me prove it to you. I've done this with Pastor Scott. I don't see him, so I can't use him today. So I'm going to have some fun with, uh, with uh, uh, Sister Terry. No, 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 no. I don't. All right, all right. So I won't do that. So let's say... <laughs> I ain't stupid. I ain't going to get hurt. Okay, my bad. I'm sorry, sis. My bad. Listen, I, I, I was just trying to preach, just trying to make a point. My bad. All right. So, so watch this. If, if I sprain my ankle, right, I am not a sprained ankle, right? I have a sprained ankle. Right. So there are certain things I can do about this sprained ankle. 
I could put ice on it. I could get some ibuprofen or I could go to the doctor. I am the one addressing the sprained ankle. So therefore, me and my body are not the same. You follow? We're one part, but there's a separate part of me instructing the other part of me what to do with the other part of me. That makes sense? If you get a stomachache, you are not a stomachache. You have a stomachache. So you have to instruct yourself what to do. You could take some Pepto-Bismol. You could you know, drink a little bit, drink some whatever, to do nothing. You have a choice. You are a spirit. Now watch this. Now when it comes to the soul, it gets a little tricky. Because when you deal with your soul, which is a part of you, not all of you, but a part of you, you have to learn how to direct your soul. You have to talk to yourself. You got to say, self, Steve, why are you cast down? I started asking the question. Everybody say, ask the question. So when I, when I start dealing with stuff, I'm not used to this. I'm used to a very ecstatic st- style of worship. I'm used to slapping people with oil. They fall on the floor and say, I got it. And they run around the room and give an offering and leave. I found out they was faking. About half of them. And if they got delivered that night, by Wednesday, they wasn't delivered no more. Right? I'll let, you, I'll let that marinate. It was well-intentioned. But the maintenance of the human soul is this, that I need to direct my soul. So this is what David was doing. He started asking the question, why are you cast down, oh my soul? Why are you disquiet within me? Then he tells the soul what to do, hope in God. So what I was doing is getting really frustrated with the church because I'm going through something and you guys don't know what I'm going through. True, they don't. And maybe they don't need to know. This is not for most of you, but since I'm on social media, keep your business off of Facebook. Oh, keep your business off of Facebook. Okay. You, you know, you're reaching out to a group of people. Nobody can help you out there. You going on Facebook, listen, I understand you need somebody to talk to, but Facebook probably not the group. I was mad. I was frustrated with the church because I'm looking, I'm looking to get something from the church. I was trying to hope in church. I love my pastor. He was a great man of God. I was trying to hope in pastor. I'm trying to get myself to hope in pastor, hope in church, hope in religion. No, hope in God. Man, when you thirsting for God, only God will do. Hope in God. And here, watch this. He's asking the question because I shall yet praise him. So, soul, what's going on? Soul, hope in God. I'm going to praise him anyway. So what you learn after a while is maybe this type of difficulty is just normal. Maybe this is just, see, at 28, you're learning that tough stuff is the stuff. One of my old preacher friends, one of my mentors used to say stuff. They, you know, we, we disagree with him because that's what young preachers do with old preachers. He said, boy, you can't preach till you're 40. And I was only 20-something. 
And I know what he means. He said, you ain't, you, ain't, you ain't been through nothing. If you ain't been through nothing, you don't know how to get nobody out of nothing. Well, I was deeply offended because I had been in school. I had studied. I knew, I knew the Greek of this and the Hebrew of that. I knew how to cross-reference that verse with that verse. I knew how to exegete a text. I could unpack it, pack it back up, flip it around, turn it over. I mean, I knew how to say that thing, talk that talk, walk that walk, make that move, and make the people go, ah! I mean, listen, I knew. I, and, 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 you know. I thought I had it. He said, no, you don't know nothing until you've been through something. And when you've been through something and you come through something out the other side, then you can help people with what they're really asking you. And let me, let me get, oh, I got a little time. This is called keeping it 100. We're just passing a church and, uh, now here's the question. The question was, the pastor, will God forgive you for something if you know you're going to do it and you do it and but you, you're sorry that you did it and if it happens again you'll probably do it again will he forgive you? Now by this time I lived a little life I'm trying, I said what you talking about Willis? I said, okay. <laughs> what are you really talking about? And so she said well I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real with you I said well, be real I said, she said, Pookie hit me, and if he hit me again, I'm going to cut him. I said, okay. Well, that's real. See, now I can actually help her, because she's dealing with something that's really real. You get it? Now, if I'm just being principled, well, you know, the Bible says the word for forgiveness is not a blah, 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 That's not what she's asking me. She's asking me a real-life issue of this soul and the heart and the mind. And if you keep it 100 with God, guess what he'll do? He will keep it 100 with you. Are you still listening? Go to the next slide for me. Health and directing your soul. So you have to learn how, I had to learn how to do this. And so at first when I first realized I could direct my soul, I thought it was really, really deep, but it's all over the Bible. We just don't read it that way. Notice in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Under what effect that has on your soul when the Lord teaches you how to lie down. Some of you need to learn how to rest. Rest means stop working. Like you don't go on vacation and do work. Okay. Yeah. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me to say, watch, look at this. He restores what? my soul. Well, if my soul needs to be restored, then that means there's a part of me that needs rest. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Next slide. Bless the Lord. Watch how he's talking to his soul. Bless the Lord. What? And all that is within me. So it's all right to have fears and frustrations. They just need to bless God. See, I'm thinking in my little mind, you know, because I'm a child of God, I, I can speak to my fears and they're supposed to go away. They don't. They just have to obey. Oh, man, y'all missed that. You're looking for fears to completely leave. They're not. They're going to still be there. They just need to do what you tell them to do. I was, years ago when I was learning how to ride a horse, uh, I got, my mouth got me in trouble. Uh, I, was a, I was a counselor at camp and he said, Steve, you ever rode a horse? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I rode a horse. I, was, I did, but I was a kid when I rode a horse. I was lying, really. And so they bring me this big horse. This pastor is a big horse. This horse was, this is, this is an oh my God horse. This is, horse is a big, oh my God. Oh, you were like this one. He's feisty. I'm all we in trouble. So I get up on this big beast and, and so 
He's, so the lady tells me something that I never forget. She said, oh, well, well listen, you got to tell him what you want him to do because he's bigger than you. He's stronger than you. And he knows that you don't know what you're doing. He don't mind you being up there. He's just going to do whatever he wants to do while you're up there. Do you realize that's how your soul is? If Listen, once, once depression comes for you and you don't know how to push it off, it'll come for you when you don't want it to come. Depression was taking me three, four, five months at a time. I was in it for three years. I would go into non-productivity for three or four months because I did not know that I could speak to depression and say, okay, listen, if you're going to be here, you're going to bless God. Fear, if you're going to be here, cool. You can be here, but we're going to praise God anyway, and you need to just either say thank you, Jesus, or shut up. I can praise God scared and still be praising God. I can walk in faith and still be a little shaky and still be walking in faith. Oh, my goodness. I had to learn that. It's because in my little 28-year-old mind, if any of that is present, then somehow God's not there. He said, I'll be with you in the storm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not walking around the valley of the shadow of death. I'm walking through the, the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. So directing the soul is an ability that I learned. How to tell my soul what to do. Next. Watch this. Admit it. Admit it when it's too much. Verse 6 says this. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you. I love this one because this is the part that I had to learn. Watch. When it's too much, just admit it. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian. You, somebody, I, wish, I wish 30 years ago we had therapists. They probably had them, but we wouldn't know we're near us. We, we still have stigmas around mental health. Even today, we have stigmas. I was, in a, I was in a store the other day, and I almost got in trouble because this guy was talking about Simone Biles in a negative way. And I, I, I got a little... I got a little... I got a little hot. I said, just keep on shopping, Steve. Don't say nothing. Keep on shopping. Because you know a big dude out of control, big black dude out of control saying stuff, gonna get you in trouble, don't say nothing. See, but this is the deal. That young lady knew something's not right. I think it's selfish for her to say she's doing it for herself. Really? You think it's selfish for her to guard against not knowing where she is in there and breaking her neck? Are you gonna pay the bills? No. Anybody going to write the check for her? No. See how shallow we are? You should applaud that young lady. She had enough courage to step out of the way until she could get it right. She had enough courage to step back and let other people shine. If she had not stepped back, a lot of these names you would have never heard of. But she stepped back because she knew something's not right. Admit it when it's too much. Admit it. And know what to do when it is. So what he did, oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you. Well, God, let me just, since, we, since we're thinking about stuff, let me think about how good you've been over the years. You've been faithful to me. You've kept me through this. And if you kept me through this, you'll keep me through that. Right? 
He remembered you from the land of Jordan and from the heights of Hermon. He just remembered where God was faithful. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone all over me. Other words, he's saying here, uh, it's not that it, God is not going to necessarily change it. He'll change you. It's going to be what it is. Depression is always going to knock on the door. It still knocks today. Hey, Steve, good morning. How are you? I'm fine. And you? Yeah. Uh, Steve, uh, uh, I would like to talk to you about your problems. I said, well, go ahead. We're going to talk about it. And you know, you owe this money and you don't have any. I said, that's the, that's the reason why I'm not upset about it. Because uh, like you said, I don't have any money. <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, you realize, you know, you, you, your health is, you having some problems with your health. Yeah, and I'm working on that health. I'm going to keep on believing God and doing the right things. I didn't gain all of this in a day, and I'm not going to lose all of it in a day. Thank you. Next question. See, he used to come and get me with that. Look at all those doors you missed. You could have been here. You could have been there. You could have been doing this. You could have been there. Well, yeah, that was gone. But, you know, I forget those things which are behind. And I reach for those things which are ahead. And I press towards the mark for the prize of high calling God in Christ Jesus. And the same God that gave it to me yesterday will give it to me today and tomorrow. And he that has begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Next question. You're not going to just come and take me. You can't just come and take me. I didn't know that. I thought, oh, no, I'm depressed. Ah, see, this is a different dude down here. He says, I'm cast down, but I'm going to remember you. Admit when it's too much and know what to do. Next slide, please. By night and by day, God is with me. Verse 8, the Lord will command his loving kindness in the day. And in the night, his song shall be with me. A praise of God in my life. So by this time, David is like, okay, I'm figuring this out. This is terrible because that whole issue with his son didn't resolve very well. Read the whole story. Didn't resolve well. His son, they didn't have a, they didn't have a makeup moment. Not at all. His son died in battle away from his father. But guess what? God is with me. See? See, this is a, this is a time, and I believe in the body of Christ, where it's time to grow up. The church, particularly in the West, we just need to grow up. We, we, we've, enjoyed, we've enjoyed government and, and society being pretty much in sync with our value system as Christians. Well, people, most Christians don't have that across the world. People were running and dying for their faith. We're fighting over masks. Yeah, I said it. We're fighting over masks. We're talking about rights and masks and, you know, we got to meet. You know, God letting you find out where the church really is, that you're actually the church. How about he, what happens if the building get tore down? You're still the church. Okay, let me move on. That's not my message. You guys are getting nervous. Okay. <laughs> Big takeaway. Gray is okay. Everybody say that. Gray is okay. Because I have the answer. So when you get to the end of the psalm, and, and I got there, the Lord took me this, I will say to God, my rock, now watch this, human, this is real prayer. Lord, what's up? Why have you forgotten me? What's up? I'm your boy. He said, yeah, you are, but you know I haven't forgotten you, right? Because you just told me, in the, I, you just said in the earlier verse, I'm with you in the daytime and the night. So it's, that's, oh, that's your humanity talking. This is, you know what it's like? This is Jesus. This is Jesus. The word made flesh talking to the Father before the cross. 
This is Jesus. First, he said this. One of of the statements he made is, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. That messes up our religion because he knows he's God. Why would he be sorrowful even unto death? That's his humanity talking. And that was okay. Then he said this prayer. I love this. He said, now, Father, if there's any other way, some of y'all need to read your Bible. If there's any other way that this moment can pass from me, please help your son out. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He prayed that same prayer three times. So God's okay with this. You have to be okay with it. Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemies? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day, where's your God? 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 I thought you were a Christian. Where's your God? Where's your God? Where's your God? Where's your God? Next. I'm going to praise him anyway. What am I learning here? See, it's not that those things will change. You will. The things are going to be what they are. God, silence the mouth of my enemies. No, I won't. You have to put on your strength. You got to deal with it. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why are you going to go to a gunfight with a knife, child of God? You got to grow up. Amen. You can't have jacuzzi-style Christianity. You just sit in the jet streams of his glory and just bounce from side to side. You're going to have some difficulty sometimes. Tribulation works patience and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is spread abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith. Man, let him build you up. So... When I get to the end of this thing, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Forget that. Hope in God. I'm going to praise him anyway. I'm going to praise God anyway. One of my favorite, I almost taught on the scripture, I will bless the Lord. At all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Why? I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all his troubles. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. Church, it's time to get up. It's time to stand up. Where do you run? Run to God. Run to the Psalms. Come boldly before the throne of grace. And nothing can take you out of God's hands. When you can't hold God, know that God is holding you. Amen. God bless you.